I want to tell you, you've got a great treat coming up right now. My friend and colleague, Deanne Townsend, has the opportunity to share God's Word with you this morning. Deanne and I have been colleagues for five years. Since 2016, she has been diligently working on a Master of Divinity degree, which she has just completed. The MDiv degree is the basic theological degree that is required for ordination in our denomination. She has completed that and is just a couple of weeks away from being ordained. You know, Deanne works kind of behind the scenes to most of us because she serves currently as our minister to children and their families. But realize that George Barna, a number of years ago in uh, one of his research studies discovered that the vast majority of Christians accept Christ around, if not before, the age of eight, which means the work that Deanne and her team do on a weekly basis has eternal implications. She is a person of great personal faith. She is a joy and a delight to have as a colleague, and I'm excited for you to listen to her as she shares with you what God has laid on her heart at the beginning of this year. Each week here at Peachtree, the children worship in the very beginning of the service with their families. Then we invite them to go to children's worship. Many people wonder, what are those kids going to do? Where are they going and what do they do in Sunday school? Well, after we have heard all the family secrets from the weekend on the way down the stairs, we teach them the great stories of the Bible. We are committed to having our children here at Peachtree know the stories. In kindergarten, they have a special year called Tool Time where they gather all sorts of tools to learn about the Bible. And in preschool, they travel from Genesis to Revelation all the way through learning age appropriately the stories. Then again, in first to fourth grade, they do those stories again, Genesis to Revelation learning that from beginning to end, the Bible is all about Jesus, that he is threaded completely through the Bible. One of the things we do to learn all these stories is sing. And we play, we do games, we do crafts, we do a lot with our senses, a lot of hands-on activities. And another thing we do is we memorize. Before the age of 12, is the best time for children to naturally gain knowledge and to learn facts. So today, I'm going to demonstrate for you how I would teach a preschooler Psalm 1, verse 3. It would be, the verse is, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water whose leaf does not wither. Everything they do prospers. To learn that, we would use hand motions, point to ourselves for person. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, who, which yields fruit, so grab an apple from the tree and bite it, in its season, whose leaf does not wither, and everything they do prospers. So you probably will remember that verse just by doing hand motions. We want all the kids here to learn all about Jesus. 
One of the stories that we love to share with them is about Jesus in the upper room with his disciples. At this time in Jesus' ministry, we're getting close to when he is going to head to the cross. It's some of his last times, and he is spending those times with his disciples, with his friends. In the upper room, humbly, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. They shared a meal together. Jesus prayed to God for the meal that they were going to eat. And in the same way that later today, we will participate in communion, Jesus shared communion with his disciples. He let them know that the bread that was there was broken for them, that that was representative of his body being broken, and that the wine was representative of his blood that would be poured out for sinners. Jesus was on his way to the cross. He had so much that he wanted to share with his disciples. He was getting ready to say goodbye. In the early 2000s, I received a phone call. At this time, we still had landlines in our houses. We had cell phones, but we often used landlines when we were in the house. And I answered the phone and it was my dad's voice. I cannot count even five times in my life that my dad has telephoned me. So I was a little surprised. It isn't for lack of love or care that he didn't call. It's just my mom always handled everything. I was the baby of the family, so I received lots of love from my dad. But my mom is the one who organized and made the calls and got everything together. My dad was always available, always there, steadfast. Well, because it was such a surprise to hear his voice on the phone, I instinctively sat down on the floor. And what my dad said to me next was one way that he was beginning to say goodbye to me. He said, hi, Dee, I have cancer. I don't want you to worry about me because everything's going to be all right. My dad's body was withering have you known anyone in your life who was withering, who was going through drought and a storm, yet amidst all of it, they stayed steadfast. They stayed strong. They remained in the Lord. They were like that tree planted by streams of water that yield fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. There's a popular word out right now and the word is abide. I'm not sure if you have seen it or not. It is on uh, t-shirts. It is on home decor items. It is on coffee mugs even. So abide, it's somewhat of an elusive word. Uh, we don't really know exactly what it means. We don't really know how to do it. It's very similar to when someone might say to you, uh, let go and let God. It sounds wonderful, it sounds amazing, but you just don't know how to do it. Kristen Schmucker, uh, she defines abide as, abiding is to be a disciple 
moment by moment, dependent on Jesus, living a life connected to Christ, understanding that everything we do should flow out of that. That is a beautiful quote. That is a quote I would love to have on my wall, to have in my home or in my office. But I wanna break that down one more step. To abide is to remain. Jesus says that he abides in us and that we abide in him. He calls us to remain in him. Jesus discussed abiding with his disciples too. He was gonna remain with them and he wanted them to remain in him. When Jesus was talking to his disciples after they were in the upper room, he had something that he wanted to say to them. He said, to begin with, he said, I'm the vine, I'm the true vine. And then he goes on to say in John 15, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. In the passage, we see the characters laid out for us. God is the vine dresser, Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches. It's an analogy that the disciples would have understood. There were grapevines all over Israel. I envision Jesus talking with his disciples, walking down towards the Garden of Gethsemane, possibly pointing to a vine, maybe even putting his hand on a rough naughty vine to explain to the disciples what he meant. This metaphor in scripture is one of the many metaphors that is used to describe the relationship that God has with his people. This is a powerful metaphor. It's even stronger than the metaphor of a shepherd with his sheep. For with a vine, there is a constant connection Every ounce of energy, every source of strength that a branch receives comes directly from the vine. I don't claim to know a lot about gardening, but I do know that the vine has to be strong, that the strength of the branches depends on the stability, the health of the vine, and if there is no vine there, the branch will die. The branch will not be able to produce fruit without the vine. Jesus tells us that every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. 
In a modern translation of J.R. Miller's Practical Religion, he says, God is a gardener and we are branches under his care. He looks after us with all the attentiveness of a gardener who longs to see his vine bear fruit. He tends us, he nourishes us, and when necessary, he prunes us. And though we do not welcome those times when pain cuts deep into our souls, we have this confidence. No hand but his ever holds the shears. If it is our loving gardener who does the pruning, we can be sure there are never any unwise or careless cuts. As the minister to children and families here at Peachtree for the past five years, I have been graciously welcomed in to some of the pruning moments that our families have gone through. Some of the most devastating moments when a mother and a father lose a beloved child. I have been invited in to be a part of that with them. These families, they're grieving and they're in pain and they're in agony and they're honest with the Lord. Yet as God continues to work in their life, they continue to encourage one another to grow in the Lord, to be with one another, to disciple their family, and to be a part of our church here at Peachtree. We rightly think of pruning and struggles as things that are outward, things happening to us. But the passage also talks about the Word, the Word of God, and how the Word cleans us. God's Word is living, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And God uses His Word as a means to prune us and to clean us. God wants us to draw closer to Him more and more as we grow in him, we represent him. We begin to take on the character traits that Jesus has. We begin to mirror him. We are his children. We are called to sanctification and to growing in the Lord. When we endure trials in life, we can look to our great God. We can look to God the Father and know that he is taking care of us. He is pruning us. We could be going through trials like sickness or grief, struggling to be who God's called us to be, but he is there taking care of us, pruning us to make us more like him. Do you feel the pruning in your life right now? Do you feel the shears? Most recently in my own life, I have felt the shears. I have felt the Lord changing me. I have felt him taking away, pruning some of my fear of confrontation, not just in one difficult conversation, but in many, several conversations that I've had to have. Also, fear of conflict. He has helped take that away. There are certain things I haven't been able to hide from, and he continues to prune me to draw me closer to him. What is the secret? How do we become 
like the tree planted by streams of water that brings fruit in its season. Well, I asked several friends of mine what they thought, and I'd like to tell you what they think the secret is. One friend of mine, to abide in the Lord, what she does, she does her morning Bible reading and prayer and worship on Sunday. Another friend, once a month, she goes away by herself to spend time with the Lord. An executive said, I get out of the city. I pray much better there. A mom of an elementary school child said, I remember what I know about God. Another mom said, devotionals that come to my inbox every day. And my personal favorite is one where a friend of mine said, in order for her to abide in the Lord, she lingers longer. She'll linger on a passage. She'll sit with it, receive what the Lord is telling her by lingering longer in her time in scripture. In hearing my friends, three things emerged from abiding, how they abide with the Lord. One was being in the word. Over and over, friends told me, for me to abide in the Lord is to be in the word. Prayer was another way that I consistently heard people saying that they abide in the Lord. And being in community with others, having friends worshiping together was abiding with the Lord. Jesus is constantly abiding in us, and we are called to abide in him. Our call is to remain. We are called to remain in him. He gives us the strength. We cannot do it on our own. He gives us all we need to abide. He is the vine, and we are the branches. He calls us to come with him to abide as his child.